now, batting number one, Bob Bostock, number one. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. I feel like I should start this podcast by singing a verse of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. But since we don't have the rights to that song, I'm going to avoid it and instead get right to our subject today, which is baseball dirt. Now, you're wondering, why are we talking about baseball dirt? And here to answer that question, we have Chris Adair, a part-time assistant geologist in DEP's Division of Water Supply and Geoscience, and Mike Morvey, director of grounds for the Lakewood Blue Claws minor league baseball team, which is, if I'm not mistaken, affiliated with the Philadelphia Phillies. Correct. Thanks for joining us. Chris recently put together a display in the lobby of DEP's main building here in Trenton that highlights a special part of New Jersey's geology and a special part of New Jersey's history, and that's the mud that is used on baseball fields, specifically on baseballs. And Mike is here as the director of grounds for a minor league baseball team to talk to us about how this mud is used in the game of baseball. This mud, which is known as Lena Blackburn baseball rubbing mud, is key to America's favorite pastime. New Jersey's geology plays a part not only in supplying this rubbing mud, but in many other aspects of the game of baseball as well, such as clay, that is special clay that is used in the infield, as well as limestone and other minerals that are used on the field. So with the baseball season in full swing, so to speak, uh, we're going to take a swing at uh, talking a little bit more about New Jersey's dirt and how it impacts the game of baseball. And I have a feeling that when we swing, we will have a hit. And uh, if the bases were loaded, it would be a grand slam. Let's start talking about mud and baseball. Chris, yes, tell us about Lena Blackborn baseball rubbing mud. So first, got to go back. Who is Lena Blackburn? He was a baseball player who was born in 1886 in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania. So he is local. Um, He played for the Chicago White Sox, the Cincinnati Reds, the Boston Braves, who are now the Atlanta Braves, and the Philadelphia Phillies. Wow. Played baseball between 1910 and 1919, and he was primarily an infielder. He played shortstop, played first base once, pitched the game, but primarily shortstop. After he was a player, he became a coach. And when he was a coach, this is when he discovered his, was now known as Miracle Mud. Miracle Mud. Now, what role does Miracle Mud play? It, it does a variety of things. First is, it dulls the shine on the baseball. Ball's white, mud's dirty, you rub it, it becomes a little bit darker, you're not going to glare off the stadium lights, the sun... This gives the batter the advantage. So this was something that I found really interesting. You know, when you buy a ball right out of the box, it's pure white. It's kind of slick. But a few times, you know, I've actually uh, caught a ball in the stands at a, at a baseball game. And even if it was only just brought into the game, maybe maybe the pitcher had thrown two pitches before the batter fought, fouled it off. When you get it, looks a little dirty, and I've always kind of wondered, you know, why does this pristine new white ball look a little dirty when it's only been used for a play or two? And this mud is the reason why. Right. So uh, you mentioned the advantage that the batter gets by not having the sun or the lights in a night game glaring off this shiny white ball. Does the pitcher get any advantage? 
They do, because the mud, when it's rubbed on the ball, it acts almost as a sandpaper because it's made up of mostly quartz, and quartz acts as a sandpaper, creates nicks and dents in the balls. So pitcher's able to grip it a lot easier. I mean, if you grip a brand new ball, it's going to slip out of your hand pretty easily, as opposed to one of these baseballs that's rubbed with New Jersey's mud. So tell me about this mud that comes from New Jersey. From what I understand, it's kind of in a special secret place. It is in a secret place. The only people who allegedly know where this mud is, is Lena Blackburn, who is now dead. He passed the secret on to one of his friends, who passed it on to his son, who has passed it on to his son, whose name is Jim Bentleth. He is the current owner of the company. He's the current keeper of secrets, the current seller of the mud. And every summer he goes out to some secret location near Palmyra, New Jersey, somewhere off the Delaware River, and he harvests mud. Up to a thousand pounds of mud. Yes. Carries out from the banks of someplace near the Delaware Near Palmyra. That, that's all the information we have. That's And, you know, even after all these years that it's been harvested, it's still a secret. It is, because he'll, he's one of those people who's created a couple uh, fake stories. So if somebody does discover him, he'll say, no, get a mud from my garden. Uh-huh. Or something like that. So if you come across a guy saying that, you found the stuff. Now, Mike, as the director of grounds for the uh, Blue Claws... You obviously know a lot about this rubbing mud. The pitchers and, and uh, the hitters, both for the blue claws and for the opponents, uh, depend on it. First of all, how much mud will a team go through in a year? We'll start off with probably one little jar. It's about a pound or so of mud. And really, the whole point of the mud is really, like Chris said, to take the shine off the ball and help the pitcher get a better grip. But you put it in your palm of your hand and you wet your two fingers, and you just rub a light, light coat on it so it doesn't look completely black or brown or how you look. You're just really trying to take the shine off of it. We rub up about seven dozen baseballs to start the game. Seven dozen baseballs. Seven dozen baseballs. 84 baseballs to 84 start the game. 84 to start the game. And we do that on 70 home games. So you think about our umpires do seven dozen baseballs a game. So we just finished a seven-game homestand, and they <laughs> they rubbed up seven dozen every day. Our our umpires do it. Our clubhouse manager also does it. If we were running short or down on the Rhine, we, we run two cases of baseballs down wow. that are already rubbed up. So he has a couple cases rubbed up to start off with uh, just in case because seven dozen baseballs might not last us a whole game. So over a 70-game home season, 84 times, 84 balls each game, so 70 times 84 is like uh, 5,600 plus balls a year. Correct. And that one pound jar of mud lasts pretty much all year? I would say so because last year was the first time I heard us ordering it in a while. And it was like, where do where did we get it from? But obviously we got it from a company in New Jersey. So Mike, I understand you brought with you some uh, fresh baseballs right out of the package as well as a couple that have been rubbed with the mud, and a container of mud, which is not, it's about the size of half a coffee can, uh, and it lasts the whole year. Feeling this uh, baseball that is just out of the package, you definitely can feel how slick it is. If you were trying to pitch, you know, it would slip right off the end of your fingers. It would probably really have a problem with control. Finding the plate would be really tough. And then holding a ball that has been rubbed with just the slightest amount of mud. I mean, to think that this container, which, as I said, is only about half a pound of 
coffee maybe, the size of a small coffee container, the slickness is off and the glare is off. And you can definitely see the difference that that makes. And uh, Mike, would you, so you, you say you just take a little bit of this in your hand and rub it? Yes. And and uh, they apply it to the balls. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. So I mean, you can the mud is kind of dry right there. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just want to lick your fingers, put some mud in your palm, and then just rub the baseball in your palm, and you'll see that there's not much mud on it. So. Yeah, it's very little, but it really does make a difference when you look at the two compared side to side. And obviously, once it's in play, it probably lasts about seven pitches. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had this conversation in the dugout the other day of how long a baseball lasts. And, you know, the pitcher feels something wrong in it, feels an indent, doesn't like it, that ball gets thrown out. And what we do with those extra balls is we use them for batting practice the next day. Throughout the season, Philadelphia Phillies send us their old game balls, so they're all rubbed up and we get Major League Baseballs. Same thing, they're using the same mud. Same mud. Same mud. In all minor league ballparks, it's in major league ballparks, you know, so they're rubbing up baseballs every day. Every time the team's home, they're rubbing up baseballs. So, Chris, do we have any idea, any estimate of how many baseballs are rubbed every year with this special baseball rubbing mud? We we have a minimum. It seems major league baseball, they rub a dozen more balls. They'll use about eight dozen a game. So, with... 2,430 games during the regular season, one all-star game, and 24 postseason at the minimum. MLB goes through 265,140 baseballs. And that's the minimum? Yes, for the entire league. Over a quarter of a million baseballs. Yeah, and that's not including home run derby or any extra postseason games. This is just the bare minimum. So that's a lot of mud. It's a lot of mud. But it goes a long way. I mean, who would think a couple thousand pounds of mud could... Could uh, be sufficient for a quarter of a million baseballs. I mean, and just talking that those are the balls that are used in the games. Our pitching staff will get maybe three dozen to go through the homestand, go through on a road trip to warm up and throw their bullpen session. So there's more baseballs that are not counted for that we don't know what we're actually using. Yeah, you know, so you're taking your baseball actual games and not you know your pitchers, your throwing baseballs. Yeah. So it could be 300,000 or more that are actually used every year. That's amazing. So, uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about the geology of of the mud. You mentioned there's quartz in it that helps kind of scuff up the ball, make it easier to grip. What else makes this mud special? It really is just the quartz. The quartz. It's just mud. We actually, sadly, we didn't get to analyze it ourselves. But we know there's the quartz in it from, if I remember correctly, I think it was Princeton. There's people there that looked at the mud, but they only really released it's the quartz because that's that's what's doing the job. At that's, the university they did yes. analysis of the mud. So Intuition. it must be so is it is it kind of a unusual situation along the banks of a river where you would find mud that had this very fine grains of quartz in it? It really might not be. It may have become tradition. You have them using this mud in the early nineteen hundreds. And then it got sold to other teams, and they just kept using it. And like any tradition, why are you going to go out and try to find something that may not be as good? Sure, and that's one <laughs> of the that's one of the things I think that has made baseball so popular in this country for well over a century. I can remember the first century of the organized baseball in this country was celebrated back in 1969. So, you know, we're up over a century and a half, really, or close to a century and a half at this point. It's the tradition of the game. There's so many traditions that play such an important role. But Mike, I understand that 
some teams and maybe the major league is even thinking maybe they might want to move away from the mud. They they currently are think well they're not currently moving away from the mud so per se they're moving towards the manufacture of the baseballs ah. making the mud. Ah, okay. So major league baseball is trying to find out if Rawlings can make the mud. That was just published online at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I think we must have seen the same article. So Rawlings is is the maker of the baseballs, maker of all baseball equipment. There's other companies out there that make baseball equipment, but Major League Baseball now has gone to Rawlings. Rawlings. And, you know, the misnomer out there is a lot of people think that this is Mississippi mud. And, no, it's actually from the Delaware River. Right. You know, so... From the New Jersey side of the Delaware, Delaware River. River. So yes. everybody said, oh, Mississippi mud, you know, rubbing up with Mississippi mud, and it's actually New Jersey side of the Delaware River mud. So if Rawlings can figure out how to incorporate the mud in the making of the baseball, um, when they come out of the package, they'd be ready and you wouldn't have to be rubbing the balls up anymore? Is that the idea? I think that would be the idea, what they're leaning towards. But you, you might still want to add a little bit more mud. It's a home field advantage on that. Uh, on how much mud you're going to actually rub on a baseball or not. Is that right? But like I said, our our, our umpires do it. So you really so don't. So they try and play it pretty even. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And I don't know how the major leagues work, but I believe the umpires are doing it as well. I think I've read the same thing. Chris, you've probably read that. You can answer that. Major league the umpires yeah, it, generally it do it. It seems that, and like Mike said, some of the equipment managers will do it too if they need they need the extra help. Now, this baseball miracle rubbing mud is not New Jersey's only contribution, geologic contribution, to the game of baseball, is it? It's not. While it's not always from New Jersey, our mining industry has a lot of minerals exported that we use in various stadium pieces, I guess would be. The so best like in one. the infield? or in, Right. You have yeah. the warning track in some stadiums is made out of limestone, and that is mined up in Warren or Sussex County. And then... There's a couple of minerals that are found in Sterling Hill Mine, like sphalerite and malachite, that are used in the color of the bases and the color of the chalk paint. Oh, really? So the foul lines and the batter's box right. uh, could all be outlined with minerals from, from New, New Jersey. Jersey. They might not be, but at least... In many cases, they are. Yes. Now, which seems appropriate because the first organized baseball game was played in Hoboken, New Jersey. Yes, it was. And uh, we still have a very robust presence in New Jersey. Certainly with the our minor league teams here in Trenton, we have the Trenton Thunder and Lakewood, of course, we have the Blue Claws and there are other independent league teams elsewhere in the state. Uh, New Jersey has a rich history when it comes to baseball. But I think the uh, history of our dirt uh, and what it has contributed to the game is really kind of one of those unknown stories that deserves to be more widely known. So Mike, as the director of grounds for the Blue Claws, how early in the day before a game do you have to, uh, you and your crew, get out there to prepare the field for play? In the summertime, we'll start about 8, 8.30 in the morning. We'll start mowing right away is the first thing. A lot of people don't know this, but everybody thinks, oh, you come into a pristine ballpark, you see the grass. 99% of my work is on the baseball infield. Really? On, on the, the skin? On, they a, call on it. the skin. Yeah. So that's, you know, the mowing is immaterial. We get it mowed and we move forward. Yeah, everybody likes to see a nice pattern and the grass design, everything. But once once the mowing is done, we'll start we'll start dragging the infield. We either use a screen mat, teeth, whatever floats my boat that day, or <laughs> is on my machine, and then we'll we'll start watering the infield. In the summertime, we're watering it every thirty minutes to every forty five minutes, depending if it's windy. We're watering it every fifteen minutes. And what's and the purpose of all this preparation? The, purpose of the preparation is we want to get that water down into the profile 
So we don't want it soft or too hard. So there's a fine point in there. You really want the cleat to come in and come straight out without making any breaks, any cleating up. The cleat should go in and come right out. Usually I check it with my car key or a key that I have on my key ring, stick it in. If the key comes out clean, we got perfect moisture that day. It's like brownies. It's like brownies, yeah. yeah. Um, so then we'll we'll water all the way up until batting practice. Uh, a lot of people believe in flooding the infield, making it a lake at nighttime, and then you know you can run around, do your other stuff, clean the warning track, mow. But I I like to start watering about ten o'clock every day, and uh, water, water, water is how I is how I preach it. Um, a lot of people don't know about the infield. Is I go I do go out to a lot of little leagues and stuff, and they're like, well, my infield is too beachy. My infield is too dry. My infield is too chunky. And a lot of things is it, it all depends on the mixture of infield mix. And when we talk about infield mix, it's a sand-silk-clay ratio. So we would want a more sand ratio than silt and clay. And the sand's going to help drainage. It's going to help it, you know, hold. The sand doesn't hold moisture. That's what the silt and clay does. But the, the sand... What I use is, unfortunately, um, I don't use beam clay. The field was built with beam clay. Uh, we don't use beam clay anymore. It's still in the profile. We use a, a door edge engineered soil out of Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. It is a sand, it's a 50 to 62% sand base. Uh, silt and clay is 30 to 42%. It's uh, medium particles of 40%. And you have to, the maintenance is high on it. Yeah. So it's water, 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 <laughs> and all the smoothing out because you don't want the you don't want bad hops. You don't no. want the game to be decided because there's a a bump or a divot in the infield. The game should be decided based on the the excellence of the players. Yeah. So we'll drag it after they take infield after they do early work. Our team comes out at two o'clock every day. You know, does early work, early hitting, and it's a minor league organization. We're there for player development. So that's that's our main focus. You know, main focus is when our Coordinators come in, you don't want to hear them complain about the infield. Uh, So far in my 12-year history there at the Blue Claws, we have great success. Our infield is probably one of the best in the South Atlantic League, which is our league that we we play in. And ever since I started there, we talked about different types of calcium clay. The calcium clay is the top dressing that goes on top of the infield. There's many vendors out there. Uh, Turfist is is your big vendor along with Pro's Choice. So who would have who would have known that so much goes into the infield? You know, I just played baseball as a kid, and you know, I kind of have the impression that you know when our town set up the the baseball fields, they kind of like picked a spot and they <laughs> killed the grass where the infield and the mound were, and then you know the the uh, base paths, and that was kind of it. You know, I mean, it was uh, hardly engineered to the to the point that uh, you've described. Uh, to us, Mike, which is really quite amazing. Yeah. Uh, who who the thunk it? And Chris, the display that you have in our lobby, which has been very very popular. Every time I go through there, I see people stopping to look at the uh, at the clay and the baseball and uh, the other information about this this magic baseball rubbing mud. What uh, inspired you to put this display together? We were just looking for a fun way to educate people on geology of New Jersey because. In water survey, that's what we do. We make maps, we test the water, we just do what we th- we think is important work, and we just want to share our fruits. Well, it is important not only um, in terms of uh, our water supply and everything else, but it's also important for the great game of baseball. So it's fascinating to learn that uh, there's there's a little bit of Jersey really in every little every single 
major and minor league ballpark across this country, 30 major league teams, many more than that minor league teams. As the birthplace of organized baseball right here in Hoboken, the fact that there's jersey dirt in every one of those places means there's a little bit of jersey in every every single ballpark with every pitch thrown, every hit that is hit, uh, either for a hit or an out. And, uh, you know, New Jersey and baseball really perfect together. So I want to thank our guests, Chris Adair and Mike Morvey, for being here today, sharing with us their knowledge about baseball dirt and the indispensable role that New Jersey's dirt plays in the uh, great American pastime, the game of baseball. And we're here uh, kind of in the still we're still in the first part of the season. We haven't reached the all-star break yet. For anybody who follows baseball, this is shaping up to be a great season. And uh, just remember, every time you watch a pitch thrown or a ball hit, there's a little bit of New Jersey riding on that ball. So let me just uh, thank both of you for being here. I think you guys really hit it out of the park. Thank you. Thank you.